Hi, this is Leadership in Lattes. I'm Trisha Ryan, and I'm here virtually with my co-hosts, Danielle Lord and Crystal Roberts. We're very happy to have you join us today. Today, we're going to be talking about trust and leadership. Before we jump in, though, Danielle. <laughs> Hello. Good <how's your> weekend. <laughs> how was my weekend? Uh, it was very low key, and uh, but we well, it was low key, but we also got uh, started on a big project, so that's pretty uh-huh. cool to see uh, part of our construction uh, come to fruition after a little bit of a hiatus and a breather and a break. <laughs> Doing the amount of construction we did was really stressful. So, um, but then in it now, uh, not only so we're finishing up one part of the project or, you know, one, one piece of the pie, if you will. And then we came up with another great idea. So <laughs> isn't that always the way with projects? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, now we've kind of got something coming off the list, but we've, we've added another um, big piece to the project. <laughs> so wow. that, yeah, that's how our weekend has been, but <laughs> really good overall. So. Well, yes. you wouldn't want to be sitting around being bored now, would you? <laughs> How about you, Crystal? How was your weekend? I had a great weekend. Um, we decided to go for a long drive. We've been doing more of those for sure in the middle of COVID here. So that was really fun. And we didn't even have a real destination where we were headed. Went through some little towns and we found ourselves not too far away from uh, my husband's grandparents' farm years ago, um, but that was kind of fun. So we just got a chance to look at that and reminisce about stories about grandparents and mm-hmm. um, the important times of our lives when we are just starting out when we're little and how that impacts us now today. So that was that was really really fun. So I learned some things about my husband that I didn't know, and we've been there mm. for almost 30 years. So that was kind of fun. So I would say one that is these drives have been one of the real gifts uh, of, of COVID for us being able to just spend some quality time together. So yeah, it was really fun. Thanks. How about you, Trisha? Yeah. How about you, Trisha? (laughs) You know, I am getting ready to talk to people about my own in construction project in my house (laughs) and so I spent a fair amount of time yesterday looking at flooring and color swatches for walls and you name it different types of um, oh here's an exciting thing baseboards and so I did a lot of that yesterday and then and I also did a coaching contract with an aspiring entertainer. And I am so excited to be getting into this coaching contract with her. So I, uh, it was a good day yesterday. Today, I've been catching up, you know, when I put everything on hold until today, you know, like vacuuming and laundry and all that kind of stuff. So it's one of those days. It's good. It's all good. And it's raining. It's raining and it's cold out there. But uh, that's okay because I have my mega mug of tea, and I hope the two of you have something that you're drinking. And wherever you are, grab a cup, and let's talk about leadership. So when you think about trust and leadership, Danielle, I'm going to pick on you first today. Okay. (laughs) Thinking about trust and leadership. I mean, it's, it sounds so simple. Yeah. Why is it so hard? That's a, that is a good question. And I think the reason it's hard one, I think um, trust is a lot, a, a little bit like being in love, right? You know it when it's there, you know it when it's happening, but you can't always explain what it is that you're experiencing, but you know, trust or you know when something's not trustworthy and it's it's kind of just that gut intuitive third eye feeling that you have and i some, i think it's just hard to kind of explain um or talk about or tell someone what it is that you're experiencing when you're going through a trust or a mistrust or a distrust issue i think the other piece to that is I think trust can be so nuanced that it's a little bit different for every single individual. And so 
Trisha, you might do something that I find uh, untrustworthy, but Crystal might not. And so I think for that reason, it really complicates the whole issue of trust. But again, we know it when we experience it or when we are not experiencing it. So that's kind of, that's what comes to mind for me. And that's, I think, what makes it uh, a challenge for folks. Again, I can be trustworthy to somebody, but I might show up as, as disingenuous or untrustworthy to somebody else. That's interesting. And, and I think it's so true, you know, when things that we've taught before, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at how people in, take in information and what they do with it. Yeah. And so, you know, that in itself is, you know, everybody's different in how they process. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. How about you, Crystal? What do you think about uh, why is trust so difficult for leaders? it's really difficult for a couple of different reasons. Um, One is, I think, because we're all fallible. So one of the things that we know about trust is that it takes a long time to build and just a moment for that to be broken. And so while we can try really hard as leaders to be trustworthy and exhibit trustworthy behaviors all the time, I think that it's not always, we won't always be our best selves. And the, the consequence of that can be pretty, pretty devastating. So I think that's one reason why it's really hard. I also agree with everything Danielle said, uh, and especially as I was thinking about this issue, this issue of uh, breaking trust and how quickly that can happen we can do that without even knowing as Danielle was saying, but it's, it can, our behavior can look untrustworthy to someone uh, even when we don't think that's, that wasn't our intention. So the, the other thing which is connected to that is that we, we can strive to be, um, it's kind of a catch 22, I guess, um, where that, that whole issue of what my behavior, what I think is happening. And that can be actually something that's more internal and not what's actually seen. So we, as we think about that, uh, the iceberg, you know, people are just seeing the tip of what's going on when mm-hmm. really there's what's really going on inside is much larger is how do we, how do we express some of those things? And my thought just went out of my brain. (laughs) Oh, I know what it was. Is that there has to be some level of trust. So when you break the trust, right? So you didn't know you even broke the trust, but from the other person's perspective, their trust is broken. They have to have some level of trust to even bring that forward to say, you know, I, you broke my trust and the, whatever behavior you had, whatever action you took, uh, has left me with less trust for you that even to bring that forward and give you Mm -hmm. that feedback takes some level of trust. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so that, that's where I think for me, why it's really difficult when it it takes a long time to build it, it's easy to break it. And then even when we do break it, we didn't mean to, it's that person that you have broken their trust. They've got to give you back a little bit of that trust in order to give you the feedback to know that you've even broken it. So Uh, I think um, those are two things to come to mind. Really good point. And I think Crystal, if I can riff off of what you were talking about, when I heard you say that, it's like, we talk all the time and we encourage leaders to be authentic, right? Bring your whole authentic self and um, my authentic self might not be super appealing to somebody else. And so I'm bringing my whole self, I'm being authentic. And all of a sudden, boom, I did something that, yeah, was, yeah, in my own authentic way, <laughs> was not all that great. <laughs> you know, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, how could leaders ever, you know, those, those people who are strong leaders who we say we follow, Right. How did they get to a point where everybody trusted them or that they had enough trust in the population around them that they could, people would say, oh yeah, that's a strong leader. I would follow him or her anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I think 
what formula is it that that makes everybody follow one person and say, oh yeah, I trust that person, you know, because I can put absolute behaviors out there, you know, like a, um, oh, let's see, I'm, I'm taking a competency or communicates powerfully, right? And we know that there are steps on how to communicate powerfully, right? There are steps on verbal communication. There are steps on written communication. There's all sorts of stuff like that out there. And you can actually tick off all the little steps that get there. But when it comes to trust and to your perfect points, you know, both of you, you're talking about it's, it's subjective. You know, it's really yeah. something that it's, it's not something that everybody has the same view. We don't all see things the same way and we don't drink in information the same way. So why is it that there are some people that so many will follow? And even though I don't want to get political, it does kind of speak to where we are in any, any year that there's an election, you know, where one, one party loses, the other party wins. And there are people who will follow either one of them to the end, right? But what is that formula that gets people doing that? And leaders do it all the time. So I'm, I'm curious, what do you think about that, Danielle? I think it's telling truth. No matter how ugly, awful, wonderful, whatever, whatever adjective you want to put in front of it, I think it's, it's being honest and telling truth. And the more I spend you know in my career and and mature and spend around leaders and reflect on who I would who I do trust and who I don't trust it's it's truth um and honesty and it's not an opinion it's not um because I want you to feel good and I want you over here to feel good and I want you over here to feel good because that's never going to bring us together um, and then you're left going, wow, what, what was I just told? What did I just hear? What did I just experience? But I think, you know, and, and there's ways, there's ways to nuance truth, even when it's bad or, or unpleasant truth, right? It's, it's all in how you um, have the conversation and lead up to it and um, to, to keep people whole, right? If you have to deliver bad news or you're um, giving feedback that isn't pleasant, but I, I think it's, you know, Brene Brown says it so well, um, clear is kind. And I, I just think it's giving and speaking truth and being honest. I, to me, that's what I think of when I think of those people um, that, yeah, I might not like them. Um, I'm, you know, I might not choose to go out to dinner with them um, or hang out with them uh, during the weekend. But at the same time, I know what to expect from them. So true. That's, that's cool. Clear is kind. Yes. I, I don't think I read that recently, but yes. Yes, that's true. How about you, Crystal? What do you think about um, what is that formula or is there a formula? I think, I don't know if I would call it a formula, but I definitely think that there are things. Secret sauce. What's that? Secret sauce. Secret sauce. Yeah, there's secret (laughs) sauce. There are things that we can do to um, to up that, our, our Uh, sort of our trustworthiness um and i love what danielle said and that's one of my favorites uh (laughs) i use that a lot in my coaching actually and when we talk about feedback as clear as kind yeah and the companion to that and i know this is this is also what you would um say as well but i just want to sort of pull pull a thread on that a little bit is that people need to believe that you have their best interest at heart Mm -hmm. So when you're, when you are being clear and which is kind, they have to also believe that the reason why you're bringing that forward is because you want them to be better and that, that you support them and you have their back as a leader. That's, that's, if people don't believe that, then you don't have trust. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. 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 And, and I often think about those leaders that are super charismatic you know, they're, they're, um, they're great to be around because you feel really good in the moment, you know, and, and we all know who they are, right? You, oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. How are you doing? Oh, you look fabulous today. 
but you have to wonder how you know how much is my bs meter starting to go off because it's, you know and so i'm always leery of those super charismatic people and and they've actually done studies that have said yeah this the more charismatic you are the actually the less trustworthy you are mm. <laughs> so i've heard that yeah. as well and in fact i i actually know a leader right now who is sort of that way and i don't think that he understands that he's that way. You know, he's, he's one of those people that everybody will look at him and they'll say, Oh, hi, hi, you know, and, and, you know, he'll point that finger at him and go, hi, you, you're doing great job, you know, that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. but when push comes to shove, I struggle to find anything beyond the surface. And I wonder if it's just, you know, it's, perhaps he's afraid to show that vulnerability because I think trust also vulnerability touches on that as well. You know, if a leader's open to just putting herself or himself out there and saying, look, I don't know the answer to this, or I made a mistake and I need to share with you so that we all understand that I'm going to work my hardest to fix it or whatever, but it's vulnerability that, gets hearts to touch you know until you get that you know understanding or some kind of connection on a heart level i think a lot of times people won't trust you know how much do we rely on our hearts over our heads you know we're in business so people automatically think we're in our heads all the time our hearts play a huge piece of that and they don't come along for the ride we don't probably have a very fulfilled life at least that's my opinion So I would add to the vulnerability though, as reliability. So I do, I do really think that, you know, and all these things are so important. Um, This one is, we talk a lot of, have talked a lot about this one, but modeling the way. Mm -hmm. So you say, you do what you say, both from a, um, a standpoint of you can count on me you know, I said, I'll get this to you by Friday at three. I get it to you by Friday at three. And I do that over and over and over that mm-hmm. builds trust. But also when we're talking about what were sort of behaviors and values and standards that we're holding people to, um, that when you break that, when you are saying, yeah, we all should treat each other with respect. And then you mm-hmm. see a leader who berates somebody in a meeting, mm-hmm then that's, you don't, you break that trust and that's a really hard one to overcome. Yeah, that's, um, you know, and often I think leaders are so embedded in whatever they're doing, they kind of forget that that's important or they're so into what they're doing in terms of pressures from above to, to produce something or to get something to them that they may forget that the toes are stepping on sometimes are the ones that who report to them. And um, that's another break in trust. It's like, you know, I'll get it done. If you can't get it done, I'll get it done, you know? And and it's sort of like showing no faith in your folks. And that's another reason to, to, for them to stop trusting, which, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. What about when employees lose the leader's trust? I don't often hear about that. But it's important to note for me because I wouldn't want a leader to write off a person because that person had broken trust. Um, but, you know, what do you do? What do, what do leaders do about that? Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, I think that is where we really, you really have to look at what are the, what are the behaviors that are uh, in play with what it what the event was um right is in and how how does that follow-up conversation go is it um you know someone who's again maybe um being really disingenuous are they being really flippant mm-hmm. um do they have this kind of well it is what it is <laughs> kind of attitude or uh, so I think in, in that context, really kind of understanding and looking for those cues that are indicative of a behavior that says, yeah, and so what? <laughs> I, 
that's what comes to mind when I think about empl- employees breaking trust, because I don't, you know, I, I, I always like to say, you know, none of us show up on the first day and say, whoa, I can't wait to fail. Right. Um, you know, what, so what is it that, that broke the trust and is there an underlying issue maybe that needs to be looked at, right? Is there a cultural issue, a policy issue? Um, I, I read a, a really lengthy literature review a couple of years ago on trust and how important it is when you're talking about trust in the organization to make sure that your policies are um, reflect um, opportunities for people to do the right thing at any given time. And so it, you know, it's, it's both the hard stuff and the soft stuff within the culture that um, make people valuable. And so how do we look at those things rather than just saying you broke my trust because you X, Y, or Z happened or X, Y, and Z didn't happen. Um, and so then to, that's where those behaviors start to play into it. It's like, okay, how, you know, what's the behavior that's associated with it? Is it, oh my gosh, I really didn't mean for that to happen. Or um, this, you know, really awful thing occurred um, and, and it, it led to a precipitating event. Or um, is it someone who's like, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is so deal with it those are you know those are the kinds of things I would uh, be looking for as a leader when it when it came to an employee who our team member who broke trust that's that's really interesting you know when you were saying that I was thinking you know how we talk about how it takes 10 times longer to gain trust back when somebody has broken trust when a leader has broken an employee's trust right but when you turn that around you know can we afford for that to be that long? You know, what about, you know, what about those times when a person, to your point, says, oh, I didn't realize, I'll go fix it. I'll, you know, I, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Or, you know, they're, they're actually humble about it and they, they try to, you know, rectify right away. Doesn't mean they're going to get the trust back right away, but how long does it take them to get the leader's trust? Because Mm. that happens, that turns others that are watching this happen against who? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Easy to go up the ladder of inference. And then suddenly you've got the whole team that is no longer has trust or faith in somebody and, and what's the impact to the organization or the, you know, the team organization, et cetera. Yes. That's why I think the the leader has such an important role here because I think really leaning in and really having your curiosity hat on makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. So rather than just judging what happened, really sitting down and having that conversation with the employee to say, Hey, here's what happened. Here's what the impact was. Here's what I wish you would have done. You know, that, that star model that we've talked about around giving feedback and really try to empathize and understand what happened there with the employee. Um, And was there something as a leader that we could have done that would have helped the situation? Mm -hmm. But I think our, our role is so critical in reestablishing especially when it's a direct report, um, reestablishing that trust when, when we may feel like we've, that trust has been broken, uh, that they broke our trust, we really understanding why and figuring out how we can get back on track and using our, our positional power to, to help make that happen. And I agree, Daniel, when you were talking about if, if we've got an employee who just doesn't care that's a different situation and maybe that's a performance issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even drilling down there to find out, gee, I wonder why they don't care what's happened to disenfranchise them to the point where they don't care. So let's dig a little deeper and find out (laughs) what's really going on. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it speaks to the whole need to, uh, you know, assume positive intent. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about this a lot and if you assume positive intent in your employees, then when they make a mistake, it's almost like, um, it's like just accountability. You know, you made a uh-huh. mistake, let's go through it and let's, let's talk it through and see where you, where you, what step you missed that caused this to happen. And then let's, let's see what we can do to put in place or whatever that will ensure that we don't see this happen again. And then it's not a matter of really breaking trust. It's a matter of, seeing it as a teachable moment 
you know, if the person is sincere. But to your point, Danielle and Chris, well, it's like, you know, if somebody doesn't really care, then I'd be talking a whole different <laughs> Yeah. And oh, I, I, you know, originally when I was thinking and when I was talking about that, Crystal, I was, in, I was thinking values, right? There's perhaps a values mismatch there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as you, as I was listening to you, I was reflecting a little bit further on that and thinking, yeah, what, what happened was there, if this is a change, right, in someone, there was probably some really significant precipitating event that occurred um, to to make you go from a caring individual to a, a well, it is what it is, I don't care anymore. And then that's, a, a, that's an engagement uh, question as well. So yeah. yeah. Well, and that's a great, great statement, because trust and engagement, I think, go hand in hand as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we look at our engagement scores, and they're really low in certain areas, I have to wonder, you know, what has happened, especially if they're in a particular department, you know, it's like, what's happened that caused this to shift? You know, it can't always be outside influences, right? It can't be the cosmos. It can't be, you know, reverse osmosis. It's usually something that has happened in the team or with one person in particular, because I don't know about you, but when I do an engagement survey, I usually am thinking about my leaders you know, because they're the ones that are influencing what's going on a lot of times. So um, even though I should be looking to myself as well when I'm doing that, but, um, but trust, I would think, has so much to do with engagement. What do you think, Crystal? Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think what we were just talking about also, if, if we go into the conversation with a spirit of this could improve my level of trust with this person. Mm-hmm. So giving them that opportunity to make amends, to apologize, to um, to sort of take positive steps forward could actually build that relationship and yeah. repair it and maybe, maybe make it even stronger. So sort of strengthen, I was thinking like, you know, when you break your arm and you're that point at which the healing happens is actually the stronger point in your arm going forward. Is there, is this an opportunity for that? And it's not always going to be the case, but can, can we come in with that, that spirit of that, which will help frame that discussion? Yeah. So yeah. it can actually yeah. be inspirational, you know, because you've got a leader who is now looking to help you rectify it. You're not having to just go into it yourself, but at the same time, they're, you know, they're not letting you off the hook, but they're not, they're not using trust as a, it's not the wedge, you know, if you will, it's like, I don't, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust you anymore. It's like, let's, let's try and get this right. Let's try and make it a point where we don't have to go down that road. That's very interesting. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking is uh, it's oftentimes when something like that happens, it isn't just between two people. It could be, but especially if it's a direct report, it may have been something that was uh, viewed by a customer, may have been um, viewed by their peers or teammates. Mm. And what, what role as a leader, you know, we have an important role in helping to others to regain trust. And I think sometimes as leaders, the trust that we have built, we can sort of um, uh, envelop them. (laughs) That's the only word I can think of, but (laughs) sort of put our arms around them and sort of like that granted um, absorbed trust, our trust in them will help others have trust in them as well to repair whatever damage that was. So sort of sharing our level of trust that we have to build them back up to be effective, uh, high-performing employees. So it's um, that point of reference, right? Yeah. We've talked about that before, you know, people look to their point of reference when they're trying to craft their own behaviors. And so that is an, an outstanding way of, of being the leader, you know, the strong leader that we would hope we all are, right? I, I always wonder if though in the moment when I'm being a little bit, something's happened, somebody has broken my trust 
and I'm trying to be that let's rise above it and see how we can change that. But sometimes it's a little emotional and mm-hmm. that's a, that's a tough road sometimes. So yeah. it really does take rising above it, you know? I, and I think too, I think it depends on how much it's um, probably also conflicted with your own values or the organizational values right? It's like, oh, it was a a minor error, a typo, you know, that that happens, um, misspelled word, whatever. But when it's something super, super egregious that really is is, um, hit up against either personal or organizational values, I think that really changes the whole uh, ballgame. And and those to me are the things that um, I think oftentimes can be unrecoverable, especially again, if you're espousing that your my values are one thing, um, but then you're doing something very, very different from those values. That is probably much, much more difficult for someone to recover from, at least from my perspective. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's such a good point. And that starts when you're a child too. I mean, those are the same kinds of things that make kids into enemies, right? Because they've actually, they've actually pushed against each other's personal values or their, their personal worth, right? Or whatever. And, and that becomes then my enemy number one, because when you're a child, you're not mature enough sometimes to see how do we get around this? Let's see if we can talk through this. That's probably not going to happen to us. Well, I was thinking actually along that line too, as far as I love the fact that this, that trust is our theme for Mm -hmm. February because February is the month of love, the month of the heart, the month (laughs) of the heart. And how does, you know, the fact that this is not just about work, this is about how we live our lives and so important in our relationships outside of work. Um, can we be a trustworthy person outside of that? And do we trust those people um, in our homes, in our personal relationships, but also in our communities? Um, Trisha, you touched on this just a little bit, sort of our political environment is um, so um, sort of fraught right now. So, you know, thinking about trust and love together, how do we, how do we, out there in our relationships and our personal relationships in our community, how do we build um, trust across uh, not only personally, but uh, with our community, whatever community we're living in. And that's another great point of reference. If you think about it, you know, when you're a leader, if you can look to how you, how you manage a situation like that in your own personal life, you know, with people you love and the people you care for, then how do you take that into the into the workplace and and be consistent or authentic to your point Danielle you know just how can you be your authentic self and just you know bring what you would bring naturally to your home bring it to work you know yeah so we are getting very close to the end of our road here today and um, we're going to summarize using our three perspectives and so I'm going to, I'm going to go last this time but um, we're going to just kind of summarize our discussion and let's start with you Danielle you're going to be talking about this from the professor perspective I and, and I, I think going forward I'm going to get my funky little six-sided hat to my little Tam and uh, put, put my actual physical hat on <laughs> uh, I was thinking um you know there's a uh, there were a couple of researchers long a while ago and, and they came up with something called the leader member exchange theory and their original body of work is is kind of ugh, I it, it it was much more managerial in approach. Um, and so you have to kind of move beyond that and get into their later work, which was called leader making. And the reason this comes up for me as I think about this in, uh, in relationship to trust is because they said that you go through a, you go through a phase uh, or phases and you have uh, first the stranger phase. And so you're, you're a little guarded, uh, your, your dialogue is, um, 
um, very limited and very scripted. And you're, you're really thinking from that um, brain neuroscience perspective of self-preservation. So it's really kind of all about me and, and making sure that I'm safe. Hopefully you move into what they call the acquaintance phase and things start to loosen up a little bit. You get a little bit more comfortable with each other um, and your, your dialogue quality starts to improve. And then again, hopefully, eventually you move into what they call the partner phase, which is um, you have really high quality um, exchanges in, in dialogue. You're, you're, you trust each other quite a bit. It's a very solid relationship and everyone is thinking about the whole. That's the W-H-O-L-E, the whole of the team, the whole of the organization. And so I think in terms of trust, if, if whatever phase you're in and that trust breaks, uh, you're going to go all the way back to the left side of that stranger continuum. And, and I was thinking about it, it's like maybe there's even a, a less than stranger <laughs> on the continuum, depending on how badly the trust has been broken. But think of how long it took to get to that that partner phase and, um, and, and what it, what it did for you and, and the team and the organization. And so once that trust breaks, it's like, where, where do you fall back to and how does that impact everything? Uh, and, and how, again, to the, what we've talked about, how long is it going to take to get back to that can it ever is it you know in in some cases irreparably damaged to the point where you will never get back to that partner phase and you may even stay in that stranger phase so I think um you know we we talk a lot about the importance of relationship between leaders and followers and um that to me it just really spoke about um how important that partnering is and how and how quickly we can again go back damage it and go back to that uh that stranger phase well, thank you. Yeah, when you say that, you know, I'm thinking if you're in the stranger phase and you lose trust at that point, yeah, no, no real recovery necessarily because yeah. you don't have much of a relationship to begin with. Thank yeah. you for yeah. that, Crystal. How about it, um, taking the heart perspective on this? Yeah. So thanks, Danielle. That was super interesting. Yeah. Um, and I would say from the heart perspective, I wanted to give just a just a couple minutes. I'm thinking about it from your from a personal standpoint, from your own heart, but also what we can extend to others. And the from your personal heart, and this is actually something that I talked a lot about um, this with my kids when they were young, is that when we do things that are untrustworthy, that it's really about um, about uh, diminishing yourself Hmm. so when you really think about it being a trustworthy person is really almost a selfish act because when you're not it diminishes who you are and so that's that's why it's also so important because it's how we think about ourselves and when we think about the long run and we think about looking back at our life those times where we have been untrustworthy are the times that we regret the most. Mm. So to be a good human, to be a good person and to love ourselves, we need to um, be trustworthy and, and really sort of center on that. Mm. And then another um, thought as far as what we extend to others as from our heart is a little bit more of a, a radical idea than what we talked about today, which is this earned trust over time, but what would it be like if we actually started with granted trust? Mm -hmm. So if we right from the get-go opened our heart to, and said, I trust you. And what does that allow? You know, how does that, I think hopefully all of us have had some experience with that. It's not something we do all the time, but you know, the, the the gift that that is to allow us to be a more full person to really be innovative and creative and step into our full selves that starts with that granted trust so just leaving people with that to say what would what would be like for ourselves our teams our world if we could come to it with more of that spirit of granted trust I love that. Get to that partner phase a lot faster. We would. We'd start there, <laughs> wouldn't we? Yeah, we would. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of some of the the 
companies that are out right now that will, you know, hire people and they hire a lot of people, but they hire them and they start out saying, just do your best work. Just go out there and do your best work. We, we know you've got it in you. And Danielle, I think, you know, that the company I I'm kind of referring to, it's like, it's a company that totally probably wears out their people over time, but people will give their all because they come in knowing that they're wanted, that they want to be there. So, oh, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for that. From a, um, from an impact perspective, I think I could go all over the place with what we've talked about today because, <laughs> you know, the impact on a, a leader losing trust is it can be devastating for not only engagement um, and trying to get that back. You know, when you do an engagement survey every other year or every year or every five years, no matter what, if you've lost trust, um, how long is it going to take you to get that back? How many engagement surveys are going to uh, show that you don't have it before you finally get it back. But um, I, it's just something that it, it can be so simple and yet so difficult. If we go all the way back to where we, where we started today about how, um, how everybody's different and everybody has a different perspective. We all have different values. And so we judge others on our own values, on our own beliefs, our own behaviors. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the impact can be um, profound if a leader comes in very strong and continues to hold that authentic self and keeps trust in others. It's a, it's a really sometimes hard game to try and do that with everyone on their team, but there are people who do it. And um, I think it's it, the impact on, on that leader is that often they're the ones who go far because people are willing to back them. Um, and they've got a followership that is probably pretty large. Um, a lot of our leadership gurus that we follow today, you know, who knows what they've done to break trust? We don't know. They've written great books, right? They have, they have been professors in universities. They've done things that um, we value, we say are valuable. We, we hold kind of dear because maybe our values say yes that that's somebody who worked hard to get there and so um that's important to remember because everybody has to make has to make some stumbles once in a while that's how you how you learn and how you grow often is to stumble but if you stumble with humility if you stumble being vulnerable and, and open with your folks if you if if a leader loses trust in their employee, but looks to them um, or looks at them in a way that they can work together to rectify the issue instead of, instead of, um, you know, holding a person accountable or hold, holding, well, holding them accountable, but holding them uh, against the trust while that person works so hard to gain it back. It, the impact is is devastating. It can be devastating on the leader. It can be devastating for an individual, especially when um, they bring their values from home. So there's a lot to this. It's way bigger than this. We could go on to this on this subject. <laughs> we are going to go on this subject for another um, another um, time. But beforehand, um, we had a question. We got a question regarding um, the goals that we talked about last time. And Crystal, did you want, did you have that question? Yep, I've got that question. Thank so you. Our listener said last week, I set goals for my team uh, and uh, revealed them. I received a lot of pushback. What do I do now? Hmm. Thoughts on that from um, Danielle or Trisha? My immediate reaction, and boy, uh, it really uh, comes back to trust too, doesn't it? Wow. <laughs> um, I, so I would say two things. Two things come to mind for me is, um, uh, did you give people time to reflect, simmer, uh, you know, however you want to, whatever adjective you want to put around that. But did you give people time to think about it? Um, because people you know, here they are, let's come back and talk about them, right? Give, give someone time, uh, give them time to think about it. 
um, connect with their own personal goals or, or their own pri- other priorities, et cetera. So the second thing that comes to mind is um, read between the lines. And sometimes, and I think this is where trust comes in, because if you don't have that trust with your team um, and they're not going to be willing to necessarily tell you why they're pushing back on it. um, And so it it becomes imperative for leaders to say, huh, what might be going on and what's the unspoken? What am I not hearing that's being said? (laughs) So my, my two thoughts. You know, when I, when I think about this, I also think that perhaps an employee might not agree because they might not understand. And so it's mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. it's a matter of unpacking the goal and saying, okay, here's what it looks like to me. What does it look like to you? How could yeah. we do this and, and get them involved in, um, in looking at actions, but don't make them do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't understand a goal, then they may need some help um, kind of visualizing it so that they can then see it. some people don't read on um, black and white on a you know on a page they just don't read well or they don't it doesn't make sense to some people they need to have a visual look at that or they need to talk about it so you know um i think often if there's pushback or if a person is does not agree often there's something else going on to your point danielle and maybe unpacking that a little bit to find out if maybe they're feeling overwhelmed and if so how can how can the leader help them to um prioritize things so that they don't feel that everything is a number one priority. Yeah. Yeah. Or how it connects to the mission too. That's immediately what I thought about Tricia when you, when you said, uh, you know, let's unpack it a bit. How does it, how does this connect to our mission or vision where it is that we're trying to go? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good question. Yeah. Crystal. I, you know, I agree with all that. I think those are are great, are great (laughs) points for, for people to, um, to um, follow up on. And uh, just, we know as leaders, I would, two things that come to mind, I guess, and it's probably already been said, but is how do we engage our, how do we engage um, our folks in that goal setting and figuring out what to do as far as implementation and the prioritization, and all of those things. And also, I think sometimes as a leader, we have to hold to the, hold to the line mm-hmm. and say, these mm-hmm. are the things that are most important. And I, sometimes the conversations I have with um, folks uh, is that there might be work that they would rather be doing. And so that might be kind of what they're lobbying for versus what really needs to be done this year. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be kind of hard because we have to sort of sometimes set some of the stuff that we love aside, uh, or that might not be the priority anyway, might be able to get to that later in the year mm-hmm. if there's time, but right now, this is the most important thing. And I was thinking about that specifically with it regard to COVID. So sometimes this COVID work isn't, it, it's important valued work, but sometimes it makes us put some of our more love, love work uh, on the side. So thinking about that as to, as a leader, make sure you're connecting with people, but also hold firm to what you know is right to um, move forward with uh, this year. Well, yeah, that is, that's powerful. It's, it's, um, it is true. Sometimes you just have to hold the line. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, and COVID being COVID, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be over on January 1st. <laughs> and well, it's still I- here. So people are getting tired, but they, they do need to, to realize that life goes on into the work. Yeah. And I think also sometimes, uh, you know, it gets to, I was thinking about this, the kind of that brain um, science around helping people to be more on the, the learning edge. So mm-hmm. there's that comfort zone that sometimes when we're setting our goals, we think, oh, we want to be comfortable. Uh, and we have to, as leaders, help push people a little bit with our our care and our belief that they can accomplish maybe more than they can see even for themselves. And then, but not push them so hard that we're ending in that amygdala hijack where they're at that fear level. So how do we, how do we help them uh, understand that we're there to support them? We've got their back and we believe in them that they can actually accomplish all this really tough stuff Yeah, uh, without getting into fear. Yeah. Yeah. I think often just, chunking it too, you know, bring it down yeah. to 
actionable things that people can, you know, get to this milestone. All right, you did this. Okay, so yep. let's take it the next step. That's great. Yeah. All right. Okay. Any other questions? Did we get any others in our? All right. Well, I'm I'm anticipating we'll have a lot next time because um, we have a guest at our next session, and we are so pleased. We're honored because um, we are going to have Jack Zinger come and speak with us. He's agreed to be interviewed. And Jack Zinger is, as many people know, a leadership development and be organizational behavior guru. He's a college professor. He has written 13 books. He is um, the CEO of Zinger Folkman. And he has several articles, in fact, both he and, and um, Joseph Folkman have several articles on the topic of trust. And so we're going to be talking with him next week or next at our next session. And we're so excited about this. Um, I don't know. I'm the one who's saying it, but I know you two are excited. We too. are excited about this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just our like, first guest. What a, yes, what our first guest. first guest to have. Oh, yeah. We're setting the bar very high. So if there are any other leadership gurus out there who are thinking Jack Sanger's coming on this podcast, then, you know, just stand in line, get in line. We want to hear from you. We want to, <laughs> but enough about that. So in closing, I wanted to remind our audience to send your questions in about leadership and trust or goal setting, any of the topics that you've heard. Um, and leading in these unprecedented times, and we'll try to answer them on the air in an upcoming podcast. Send your questions to leadershipandlattes at gmail.com. And that's leadershipandlattes, A-N-D, lattes. And it's all one word, at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about us or the show, please go to thepinnaclecc.com. Thepinnaclecc.com. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast because it's free and we'd love to have you listen in and share with other leaders like yourself that you think would benefit from this podcast. I want to thank Danielle. I want to thank Crystal for co-hosting with me today. And I look forward to our next podcast. Thank you audience for listening and we will hopefully hear from you soon and we will be speaking to you next time. Take good care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.